Today is the first official F1 episode. Hello and welcome back to Just Baatein. We talk about sports, politics, science and everything and anything in between. Basically things we have an opinion on. Fortunately or unfortunately for this particular segment Pratip won't be around with us, but we'll have guests, we'll have friends, we'll have people who are fun fanatics and we have someone alongside with us currently. That's Deepak. So he studies in America, is one of our friend and Deepak it's we are glad to have you here buddy. How are you? I'm doing fine Ashwin how are you doing today I'm great knowing that how nervous you are how much you've prepared I think it's fantastic having you here let's I I hope so <laughs> so we're going to talk about the upcoming F1 season the drivers lineup the salary cap a lot of things not getting too technical because this is our first episode so let's get into it before before we always get into things we have a nice breaker if you were a race car driver would you want a perfect pit stop every single race throughout your career or would you want a perfect start from the grid every single race throughout your career i think i choose starts over pit stops really yeah. Be- because i feel like starts are in my control but the pit stop isn't mm-hmm. so i can get good at the start but i can't get good at the pit stop because people around me have to yeah but you also gain a lot of positions at like when you start fair so enough. i think that i think yeah i think that's fair yeah this man knows his stuff so I, i'll agree with him 9 times out of 10 at least so let's get into the driver lineup all right let's talk about mercedes then so we know it's valtteri bottas and lewis hamilton even though his contract is not signed up yet at least officially mm-hmm. uh anything you have to say about bottas teaming up with hamilton um I am not really surprised by their decision cuz I don't know it's I mean it it's basically like Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen is it's just like Bottas is there to help Hamilton win it's a pretty bold statement but I'm going to stick with it Yeah it is a b- pretty bold statement so you're saying that Bottas yeah it's even I agree with that by saying that Bottas is the perfect second driver. Yes. Do you think so I'm going to put you on spot. Do you think he can ever be a world champion? Who? Bottas. I don't think so. What if Hamilton wasn't there in the picture? What if he wasn't there in the driver's lineup? It was Bottas in the W11 with maybe someone else, maybe a George Russell. The thing is I don't think he would still win the championship with George Russell. Really? Yes. That's that is bold. As as George Russell proved himself in the short Bahrain Grand Prix, I think but I think Bottas doesn't have what it takes. That is bold. That even though that's bold, I think a lot of people agree with that and I don't necessarily think what you said is wrong there because he hasn't shown the pace, he hasn't shown show the consistency the the way the whole team has. Now moving on to Red Bull, it's Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. He was announced after the season ended, Albon was dropped. and Perez takes his place what do you have to say about that that is that is kind of tricky cuz within two seasons um Red Bull dropped two drivers without i think Gasly didn't even get one season and Albon got one and a half and they just fired him i mean it in in their point of view i think um signing Sergio Perez is a really good option 
But do you think the way they treat... Okay, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. Do you think the way they treat the second driver has has become a little toxic? Because like you said, Gasly didn't get a full season and Albon was dropped after one and a half. And evidently, the car is difficult to drive even when Max kept saying it. So do you think they're hard on the second driver because of how Max performs? I mean, from what I heard, uh, what Helmut Marko said, he said um, they would expect the driver to be within like four tenths. Like the driver, four tenths of the difference is where they draw the line. But Albon this season, I think he's consistently qualified one second away from Max Verstappen. So, yeah, I I understand where they're coming from. This yeah. question may sound very stupid, but imagine Sergio Perez did keep his seat. Ev- everyone kept their seat mm-hmm. and they had to decide on whether to drop Albon or pick someone else or just to keep him. Then do you think then you think they would have continued with Albon? Um, if they didn't have any other choice, I think they would continue with Albon. No, Nico Hulkenberg and maybe someone else. I mean, then again, Nico Hulkenberg ha- also has improved himself. So, And he's a non-Red Bull. Oh yeah, fair enough, yeah. He always keeps telling me how Red Bull has always had former Red Bull drivers, except Sergio Perez, of course. Now, going to Aston Martin. For those listeners, by the way, (laughs) Deepak's a Vettel fan. He was a Ferrari fan. He's a diehard Vettel fan. He has everything of... I'm going to say Ferrari because he has everything of Ferrari. But that's also because of Vettel being in Ferrari, right? Now, Aston Martin, Lance Stroll is teamed up with Vettel. I'm going to ask you this right away. How do you think they'll compete against each other? And how do you think Vettel will do? It's because he has what it takes. He did extremely well in Turkey. Sebastian? Okay. Yeah, Sebastian. Okay. He did well in Turkey. He showed his experience. Showed that he can drive in the most toughest of situations. So, how do you think he'll go against Lance Stroll, who has been driving the car for past few years? Well, if Sebastian is able to regain his previous form, I think it would be the same as how it was with Perez and Stroll last season because Perez and Stroll, they had 50 points, they had exactly 50 points difference from each, between each other. So I think if Vettel is able to regain his previous form, I think that's how it would be. So when we're talking about previous form, where are we going back? 2016, 2015, 2010 to 2013. And do you think he has what it takes? Because we are talking about, what, seven, eight years ago? <clears throat> I mean, Hamilton is older than him. So I guess I think he still has what it takes. It's just the car wasn't there for him. But what about... Yeah, in an interview, Charles did say that the car suited his style and it didn't suit Vettel. But even then, there was a huge... I think the difference between Charles and Vettel was much bigger than Max and Albon. But we sympathized with Vettel. But with Albon, it was just, we axed him. How do you... Is it because Vettel's a proven champion and he's won four times? That is correct. That is exactly how I would put it. Yeah, fair He has four championships. Yeah, yeah. you can't take anything away from a champion. Now, talking about Ferrari, will that still be your favorite team or would you root for Aston Martin? Ferrari is my favorite team, but Vettel is my favorite driver. So, so I would still root for Ferrari. Yeah. Oof, I don't know why that broke my heart. But let's talk about their lineup. Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. How do you think they'll go about it? How do you think Sainz will fit in into the Ferrari team? And yeah, what are your thoughts? 2019, 2020, 
Carlos has proven himself. He's he's consistently finished ahead of his teammate. And yeah, there's always a lot of points difference between Sainz and Norris in 2019 and 2020. So yeah, I think it's a good choice for them. Other than Vettel, of course. Yeah, Sainz, I think it was three, four days ago in an interview where he said that Leclerc is faster than him, will be faster than him at least for the first season because he needs mm-hmm. to get used to the car. But do you think he'll be a good competition to Leclerc? Maybe like a Rosberg and Hamilton? I mean, we don't, I, I don't know that. Yeah, because we haven't really seen Sainz in a winning car. You say winning, but we saw what happened with Ferrari this year. Yeah, that is also true. But yeah, I mean, 2019, they had a good car. So which is why we we saw Leclerc at, on top of many podiums. Mm-hmm. But Sainz, not yet. Fair enough. I think. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Now, now talking about the most awaited team, McLaren, that's Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo. Mm-hmm. Both of them have been doing well. Ricciardo also got two, three podiums, if I'm not wrong, in the... 2020 season how do you think they'd go about it do you think the hype we're creating about how they'll stay friends and they'll be funny and this and that will be shown on the grid do you think they'll be fast do you think they'll be able to bring out podiums and the old mclaren days maybe i mean off the track i think they're gonna be a no funny couple if i can put it that way mm-hmm. but on the track i definitely think they're gonna get their elbows out like how we saw between Ricardo and Verstappen in 2018. Right. Oh, that, that's... Baku. So, so, so maybe an, another... What is that? Oh, Drive to Survive. Yes. Clickbait, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about Alpine F1. The Young Driver and Ocon. We know that Alonso took part in the Young Driver's test and he did quite well. Of course he did. How do you think they... Okay, so the question here is, if Alonso does better than Ocon... Mm-hmm. What happens to his future? I know we were talking about the driver license, uh, driver's license, driver's lineup. But yeah, I'm going to ask you this straight away. If Alonso does better than Ocon, what is it? Where does Ocon stand then? So this felt like the right time to interrupt and let you guys know that we've partnered with Squadcast. Squadcast is a podcasting company. And what they basically do is, is they let you record podcasts anywhere, anytime with anyone. Like you don't have to be in front of your uh, co-host or guest or whoever it may be. You can record even uh, with someone from another country like we've been doing in some of our episodes. So yeah, they provide seamless guest experiences and they let you quickly produce content, progressive uploads and also publish faster. They have their own uh, software through which you can, uh, that can help you with post-production and that kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely check them out. Link in our link tree. Akhan's probably gonna get fired. Is what I think is going to happen. You think so? Yeah. But let's, let's, again, let me play the devil's advocate here. Alonso was a champion. He has been driving the F1 car for a lot of years. He took mm-hmm. a year or two gap. Do you think that should be the way to go? Because you can still give time to Ocon. He can d- drive and he's fast. He showed that last season. If not as fast as Ricardo and if not as consistent, he can still drive. I think, yeah, of course he can. He's fast. He may not be. So if you compare Ocon and Arbonne, Max did better than Albon and Daniel did better than Ocon, but Ocon was closer to his teammate than Albon. So, do you th- will, mean, you not, will you not give him one more year? Or more Verstappen chances? and Albon, they had a hundred points difference between each other. Mm-hmm. 
and Alcon and Ricardo, I think they had like 60. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if if you if there's a driver who's hasn't been in a F1 car for like one and a half, two years, and he comes in and he outperforms a teammate who's been driving for a year, then I think that doesn't look good. So if you were the team principal, you're gonna fire him? I would look for other options, yes. <laughs> That's a nice way to put at it. Last three teams, Alpha Tori. Sorry. Oh, yeah, they are after talking. Oh, shit, I was going to say. So, Pierre Gasly and Yoki Sonoda, what do you think about them? Gasly, again, um, I think his he didn't have a bad season, but it wasn't that great either. Mm-hmm. But he definitely did like a lot better than his teammates. So, yeah, he deserved a seat. And Yuki Sonoda, I think uh, he had a good F2 season. Uh, I think he finished third or fourth. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he had a he had a good season, and it seems like Helmut Marko didn't like Kvyat again, so he just yeah. What if you were the team principal? Would you give Kvyat another season? Because I think later half of the season, I didn't think he did that bad. He also mm-hmm. had a few unlucky circumstances where his tire burst off, and so do you? Th- what would you do as a team principal? I mean, at this point, it's not just like if the driver is performing like they might be equal, but it also depends on the sponsors and. How much money they bring into the team. And of course, it's the money game, which we'll talk about later on. Now, Alfa Romeo, there's Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi. It's the same lineup as last season, two seasons ago, really. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about that? I mean, there's one experienced driver and and comparatively, I guess, you could still call Giovinazzi a rookie. So, yeah, I think... They're, I don't think they're fighting for podiums anytime soon. So I think they're, they should be okay with the drivers. Yeah, I don't think they had anything to lose anyway. They could yeah. have kept the same chains. Not much of a difference. Now, the last team of in the grid, Williams, that's Latifi and George Russell. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Russell because he's stuck in the same car again. But I saw a news in the F1 blog saying that they're trying to get bigger connections with Mercedes in terms of technical investment. But it's still not going to make a big difference in terms of 2021, right? He still has to grind it out, try getting that one point he needs from Williams. Ah, what do you, what do you have? How, as if, if you were George Russell, what, how do you think you'd go about it? The 2021 season, trying to prove for the 2022 seat or trying to grind it out somehow so that the 2022 season comes faster? Yeah, I'd say that basically like, Russell, I think, or Williams as a team in general, I think they can only uh, capitalize when other teams make mistakes. That's, I mean, yeah, that's the only way I think they can get points in 2021. Yeah, it is unfortunate, but it is true, of course. Now, that's the driver's lineup. Do you have any opinions on the lineup before we move on and talk about other things, of course? Do you have anything more to say about the lineup? Questions to ask, which I know you're prepared. Well, I have a question. I do have a question for you. Go on. Do, do you think Ferrari was slower only because, or like, they couldn't develop their car as well because they were in like four or five new tracks? Mm-hmm. Do you think that was a reason why they couldn't develop their car as well they would have liked to? No, but the four or five new tracks, they were slower even in the winter, in the 
testing before the season started or before mm-hmm. covid hit right i don't think the tracks had anything to do with how ferrari performed it was a lot of how the engine was supposed to be which was shown in the testing way before covid even hit mm-hmm. and the season was cancelled so yeah they they had a huge step back when in 2019 season when the engine was penalized and whatever happened behind the scenes took place and no one knows about I okay, so as problem. a Ferrari fan, I would like to ask you this question. So do you think Ferrari had something extra or something that allowed them to get extra speed that was illegal in their co- car? Yeah, of course they did because mm-hmm. if they didn't, then they, then they would have used the same engine, right? Mm-hmm. They did have something which no one knows about for some odd reason mm-hmm. and uh, they got penalized for it. Again, no one knows how, which is also why in the 2020 season they were so much slower than last year because mid season they inc- the pace increased so much which is also why the other teams were suspicious which is also why they asked the FIA to investigate so of course they had something don't you think they had something extra i think so too but i would not like to admit it like the ferrari it. team that's going on so okay in light of that information do you think they should they deserve all those royalties that they get from fia like i think they get like a 90 million dollars from yeah FIA. because of how old the team has been and what they do to the sport mm-hmm. i don't know i for one see this is a completely different topic and we can have a debate on this but i for one don't think a team which has a history to the sport and brings a lot of fans and whatever should get any extra money because then it's completely unfair to the other teams that are joining this which is also why it discourages a lot of other companies and teams to invest or join F, uh, F1 if you look at other sp- sports like even cricket or football a particular team by the whole governing body don't get any extra money just because you've stayed in the sport for a very long time right mm-hmm. so for me i don't think any team should get any royalties but i'm sure you think otherwise I I do not have an opinion on it. Yeah, but <laughs> of course you're not a Ferrari uh, fan. One last question. Yeah. If Mercedes, you know, cheated mm-hmm. what like Ferrari did or yeah. What what do you think would have happened then? The FIA would have published the how they were penalized, what did they wrong, and it would have been all over the media. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Like I'm almost 80 but 90% sure that that would have happened it's only because it's the ferrari team that nothing's taken place that no one knows what the talk was about how things were shut down and stuff now talking about the longest season of next year i heard toto wolf say how they'll have to divide the behind the scenes team into two so that they get enough breaks they go back to the family they're not exhausted what's your what your what's your take on this because i think that they made this 23 season calendar because they were like the melbourne race got postponed i think they had an idea that because of this uncertainty because of a lot of new things coming up like the new strain of covid whatever they weren't sure of how many races could take place so they filled out the calendar as much as they could and if things were going to get cancelled might as well we have extra races anyway mm-hmm. so do you think that's why they had this 23 race long calendar i mean I I think again it all comes down to money and how much a venue is like you know ready to put into marketing so that, which only helps F1 in the long run but in terms of races I think they just added to 
two more races, I think. And to the it's like adding two more races to the F1 2019 season. Mm-hmm. So I think the F1 2019 season had like 20 right. and now we have 23. 20, 20, okay, yeah. So three races. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically it. So yeah, but that's nine weekends, nine days in total, right? Because three weekends. Yeah, I mean, then again, I think two out of those three new races added are in Europe again. Mm-hmm. So the logistical stuff shouldn't be that hard. But, but what about the manpower? Like the work they have to put day in and day out every weekend for twenty-three races. I mean. Then the splitting would be a nice option. Right. Yeah. yeah, seems fair. But I also think if I was, I'm sure they're not stupid. They were sure of how many races would get cancelled, and they just backed up with races and mm-hmm. tried to fill up the calendar. Now you spoke about money a lot. We know that the original budget cap from being 175 million, it's it's reduced to 145 million this year. Then it's going to get reduced to 135 million next year, and then finally, oh sorry, 140, 140 and then 135 next next year. For, at first, the team principals and the drivers were excluded from this, but the team principal themselves, most of them at least, decided that them and the drivers should be included. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of money anyway, but do you think this might put a maybe a roadblock to the type of drivers coming into F1? I mean, if if there is a budget cap, then it would help other drivers to like find their way to F1 more easily because... They wouldn't need as much money as that as before, but I think what they intended to do with this budget cap is basically try to bring all the cars together, mm-hmm. so that less investment takes yes. place and stuff. Yes. And do you think that's going to happen with the royalties kept in place? Um, I don't think so, because Mercedes and Ferrari they already have developed, you know, facilities, but a few teams do not. So I think. They're just going to keep going as they are right now. I think that's fair. But what do you have to say about the salary cap on the drivers? Because if that happens, then Hamilton wouldn't get what he's getting right now. Vettel wouldn't get what he's getting right now. Yeah. Do you think they'd want to stay on the sport? Stay in the sport? Because, of course, it's about the drive. It's about being able to drive and have fun. Because, but if you're there for so many years, you still want the money, right? You mm-hmm. don't want a reduction in money. You always want your salary salary to increase. Do you think drivers like these, Alonso, Vettel, Hamilton, Raikkonen, for example, would... And the youngsters that's coming up, do you think they'll want to stay for a long time if the salaries are coming down? I mean, so from what I read, it says that 30 million is the cap for both the drivers. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's correct. And I mean... Even if you take 15, 15 each, it's not like that's any less money. <laughs> but compared to what Hamilton's getting now, like 35 or is mm-hmm. it 50 or yeah, 35 yeah. or something? I mean, yeah, of course you wouldn't like a reduction, but like it's it's already a lot of money, I guess. And then again, uh, it all comes out to the budget cap where they want, they don't want teams to invest more than the given amount yeah. or the given cap. And also, like, drivers like Hamilton have so many sponsors, Tommy Hilfiger mm. and whatnot, I think. I think drivers like him can compensate with other stuff. Mm. But I just feel like it might cause a roadblock to drivers just with the want to stay in the sport for so long. Mm. Might put a halt to it. 
Don't you agree? As a driver, imagine you are a driver who's been there for five years, and the next year you're being told that from next year onwards your salary will be cut down. How are you going to go about it? I mean, then again, I'd be right. I'd be racing in F one, so I think the thrill <laughs> is different. Now, let's talk about the FIA inconsistency. Now, see, I get so when I was looking this up on Google, the the date goes back to two thousand eight, two thousand seven. And I'm like, it's inevitable, right? They are human beings making decisions and trying to come up with penalties or trying to make whatever decision, and they will be inconsistent. But so let's go back to last season, not ten years ago, five years ago, but even last season when Leclerc hit out Stroll, there was no investigation which took place in Russia. Mm-hmm. But when Albon, sorry, when ah yeah, Albon was hit out because of Hamilton, there was an investigation. Then he got a five second penalty. Now this is. a extreme case right because one there is an investigation and then there is a penalty whereas the other there is no investigation at all how much can you forgive the FIA for being this inconsistent there will be inconsistency and they will get a lot of slack but where do you draw the line i mean for those two cases i think stroll was out of the race cuz yeah his car was damaged and i think in the case of albon and hamilton i think albon was able to rejoin mm-hmm. but although he lost the podium place so i mean it's all like dependent on like what lap it is in the race or or how what's the extent of damage yeah but in that case don't you think leclerc should have got a bigger penalty because a driver was out of the race right Yes, that is something I don't know the answer to. Yeah, but so my question would be, where do you draw the line? So you can't go against FIA for whatever reason. You can always whatever. I mean, there are always going to be critics. Some like I, as a Ferrari fan, would 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 not like a penalty against Ferrari drivers, and a Mercedes fan would would probably hate all the penalties against their drivers. So there's always like there's always going to be. winners and losers. Yeah, I think yeah, that's true, but that this is a gap that I'm talking about. One there is an investigation and one there isn't an investigation wherein the car that was damaged is out of the race, which people I'm sure didn't tend to forgive but tend to forget. So, where where would you as a driver draw the line like what is okay and what is not? What if so Hamilton got a 5 second penalty whereas Leclerc got a 3. Let's say 3. that be forgiven even though they still get a lot of slack for it but that's okay but here there was no investigation it was just noted i mean yeah there probably should have been an investigation or maybe they discussed it after the after the race but then again we saw that hamilton got a 5 second penalty whereas leclerc didn't get anything i mean that would be unfair yes i would i would take hamilton's side for that <laughs> For those listeners him saying that it's a big deal it is a very big deal if he says he wants to take Hamilton side so know that and Now, also and also Russia 2020 mm-hmm. um those two 5 second penalties and maximum points out of his license that was uncalled for that that was ah, that that I think a lot of drivers like they said like that is like that was absolutely unnecessary but yeah. why do you think they went that far 
to give a statement that we can do this to a champion or to someone like Hamilton or what, what do you or, think? Or they were just, I don't know, make, trying to make the race interesting because it's always a Mercedes 1-2 in 2020, wasn't it? So Now, okay, let's let's take on that. But do you think <laughs> FIA, they do things to make the race interesting? Because a lot of people have said that and a lot of people can prove it. Mm. But... Do you think they actually? I do mean, it? it definitely looks that way, so I wouldn't count it out. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, a few a few times it does look like that. But do you also think it's because imagine Bottas did it? I don't think. I'm not saying I don't think, but do you think they would have gone as far as they did for Hamilton? Maybe not. Yeah, that's see, all I'm gonna say. Exactly. Maybe not. This is what all of us feel. Like. There must be something wrong if all of us feel this way. Now. Mm. The 2021 season's coming up, the longest season of the year. 23 races, and I'll need to ask your prediction so that after the season ends, we can look back and laugh upon what you said. So, make a few predictions. Who's, who's going to be the champion? Who's going to compete against more cities? And how's Vettel going to do? Where's Ferrari going to stand? And uh, if Russell is going to score a point? I mean, Russell scoring a point... Although sad, I mean, it is sad, and I, I don't think that's going to happen in that Williams, unless 10 cars taken out, get taken out. <laughs> so sad. Race. Yeah. Who's going to compete against Mercedes? Um, next season, I think it's going to be is the same as 2020. Yeah. If they make a mistake, that's when Red Bull capitalizes. Do you yeah. think... Aston Martin will be a, will give a good competition to Red Bull at least. I think so. I think Aston Martin or McLaren is gonna be third in the constructors championship. Next yeah, and season. McLaren's also getting the Mercedes engine, right? Yes. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, where's Vettel going to end up? Where's Ferrari going to end up? Definitely better than twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> You'd hope so, and I wish, but. How, how how is it going to go against Stroll? How how do you think Vettel's... Because, again, Vettel's getting into a new car. It's his first season in the new car. But how is he going to compete in the new car against Stroll? I mean, if he's comfortable with the car, I think he's going to do way better than Stroll. Because I think Stroll was on his way out of F1 one season ago. Really? But since his dad got the team, I think uh, that's how he stayed. We have a lot of clickbaits for this particular episode. <laughs> I'm liking this a lot. And where's your favorite team going to end up? I'm going to say fifth or sixth. But they've been hyping up the engine so much for the next season itself. Like the 2021 season. They've been... They were, they were journalists saying they're surprised how the engine is and this and that. So, <laughs> I mean, compared to last season, I think even if they gain like two or three positions in the constructors championship, I think that is a big leap forward because increasing. I mean, it is hard to like develop and increase and like better an engine within like the win- winter. Winter break is pretty hard, but if they do actually do something like that, then it's it's a pretty good achievement. Yeah, and as. An F1 fan, I hope they do because it's Ferrari. They've been yes. in the sport for way too long. But there's something inside of me that doesn't because, like Deepak, who inspired me to get into the sport, I'm a Vettel fan as well. And I want them to do a little bit better than Ferrari, maybe. Do you have any questions for me? Or 
Are you done with talking? How good do you think Hamilton's drive was in Turkish Grand Prix? How good and how good? As opposed to? I don't know, Bottas' drive that day. <laughs> I think any driver's drive was better than Bottas that day. What, he spun around six, seven times? Yeah. I think, so let me put it this way. A lot of people say that Hamilton's hyped up because of W11. Mm-hmm. I think the Turkish, Turkish Grand Prix at least showed that it's not a hype. Hamilton is one of the best drivers of the sport and that he can drive in the most toughest of situations and he can win a bloody damn race. Doesn't matter what car it is. Of course, it matters which car it is because that plays a huge role. He wouldn't win Grand Prix if he was in Williams. He'll maybe struggle as much as George. But he's in a he's in the best car because he's by far the best driver in the grid. And as a Vettel fan, it hurts, but it's true. Like if Vettel and Hamilton were side to side, a lot of people would choose Hamilton because of the driver he is. At least in the past seven years, he has been. Um, I don't know. I think he deserves more credit than he's given. Hamilton? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if he was against Max? What if he was against Charles? What, in the same car? Yeah. Yeah, I think he would have had a tougher season, but I still think he was good enough to... Come out on top? Yes. But, he, but like, his teammate would have definitely pushed him if, if it yeah. wasn't Bottas. That's true. It's sad how much... Yeah, and it was heartbreaking to see Ferrari like it was this season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, but I hope this 2021 and 22 season like just keeps increasing. And like you said, the gap between drivers and teams decrease. Now, before we end this, I want to thank you for coming in. By the way, he this because this was the first episode, we didn't want to go into a lot of technicalities. It was just the first episode, so it was a soft run. He knows his stuff. He knows a lot of technical stuff. He knows his engine. So we'll keep having him back. We'll talk about a lot of technical aspects of F1 and the cars and the engineers and whatnot. So thank you for coming in. Do you want to maybe plug your Instagram account or an account, any account? Um, Not mine, but I would definitely suggest you guys follow Just Pate. They're, oh. <laughs> they work hard. They know what they're doing. And I think you guys should listen to every one of their episodes. Damn it, I didn't expect that. <laughs> oh my god. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much, Deepak. Thanks Thank you for you joining for having us. Me. Great. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Hmm.